Hello, hello, hello. This is episode 38 of the Mental Threads Podcast. This is your host, Toasty. I am here now with um, Officer McPherson, if you'd like to introduce yourself, sir. Hello. Just hello. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, yes, I met uh, Officer McPherson, I think, sometime in September, I think. Was it September, I think? I was having a really tough time and everything. August or September. It was August or September, I believe it was. I think it was most likely September because, you know, it takes a little bit of some time, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was going through a very tough time. We had uh, chopped it up for a little bit um, while waiting for my uh, my counselor to come through so we can uh, so I can uh, speak to him and everything. And he, we pretty much went on to a very long conversation. Um, this isn't really the first time in a sense where I've pretty much spoken to a police officer where, where it's just like it was pretty much on some chummy type stuff. I recall, like, sometime, I think my sophomore year, I got really chummy with a officer d i don't think she works here at the moment but you know it just kind of gives uh, me as a person a new insight in regards to like uh connecting with people of different occupations you know i know that police officers tend to get a bad rep in regards to a lot of the time but at the same time we're all human beings and it's just a job and the same that they still got to do their job um and intro and everything um what pretty much led you to being like a police officer uh, mr mcpherson Oh, well, I grew up around it. My dad was a homicide investigator for a local agency here. Uh, My uncle was a captain for another local agency. So I grew up around it. I saw it every day. Um, And basically, I just wanted to help people. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I went to the military as well, was to do the same. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get to succeed in that. So I came out to the civilian side of it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And like when it comes to like military, I know it's like a whole lot of stuff. I know, uh, I know a couple people, a lot of friends I know from the past actually went into the military. Was it like a little bit too tough for you? Was it just like it just wasn't your speed? Uh, I actually had knee surgery six months before I went to basic training and actually re injured my knee in basic training. So I got discharged medically for that. Okay. So while your time in the military, did you ever get to travel or go to different countries, or you just uh, just started yeah, basic training? I, I traveled to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and traveled back home. So that's all I had. Okay, wondrous. That's, all right, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. What's this up? Oh, okay, yeah. Now I'm going into detail with your occupation. I know like there's a whole lot of dangers that uh, one has to like kind of deal with day in day out and everything. Um, I think the last time we spoke, I don't know if you actually ever got to use a gun, correct? Or you ever got pushed to using a gun? No, to that extent. Uh, I've never had to fire my weapon. I have been in shooting situations um, where it was drawn, uh, but I never have actually pulled the trigger. Never had to. Never had to. All right, cool. That's that's wondrous. It's wondrous. Um, you never had to deal with anybody where like where like situation could have gone like a little bit too fatal or anything like that. Um, I have. Uh, I've I've been in some situations where somebody's taken their life in front of me. Um, I've been in a couple situations where people have pulled weapons on me, uh, but I've been able to talk them out of using said weapons or went a different route and used a less lethal method to take them in custody. Okay, cool. That's wonderful. So it's like, I know, like, with a lot of police officers, especially in the media, like, it always seems like there's those ones that are just kind of trigger happy and they're just quick to kind of pull the trigger. Usually, probably in a sense, maybe fueled by, I don't want to say, like, you know, maybe any bias or anything or any hatred towards any group of people, but maybe in a sense, maybe they might have like PTSD or some type of like a mental illness that probably wasn't a, how can I say, um, wasn't focused on at the time. Um, in regards to like people who do do that, I know you probably come across them maybe once or twice or is it just like you know had to deal with them to any extent um i've never had to deal with an officer to that extent normally the people that are like that they're they just lack training it's not really a ptsd thing um because i i suffer from that myself but it's more of just lack of training lack of being able to talk to people um a lot of this job is like i said when i talk to you it's like 90 percent common sense and 10 percent skill so you, you've got to be able to talk to people in order to do the job. Definitely got to be able to talk to people and everything. I know, like, you've been, uh, you've pretty much been working on campus for how long, sir? Uh, I started in 2018, so on a campus level. Before that, I was not. So, what, three, four years on a campus? 
Okay. Four years on the campus. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. But uh, back, I know you stated something about someone taking their own life in front of you. Could you go deeper into the situation? Because you don't have to if you don't want to. But I just want to know. Um, it was just a guy. He was. We we had had a bunch of dealings with his son. Um, and he 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 had. I think it was stage four cancer. Uh, we had dealt with him the week prior. Um, and then all of a sudden he just. Uh, decided he was going to set his house on fire, and then when, as soon as we got there, he he pointed to the house, and we thought something was off, so we turned back around, and he had already done it. So, okay. yeah, it's you, one of those it's one of those things that you know you don't want to. I don't want to talk about it just in case his family is listening or anything like that. But I mean, he he did what he thought he needed to do. Okay, well, dang, that's really sad. So, like, to to summarize, though, like, a loved one of his had cancer, or did he have cancer? He, he himself had it. Oh, okay, so he just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, he, was, he was, I think he, it was a pretty serious diagnosis at the time, so he was just done. Dang, that's just really sad, because I know, like, when it comes to, like, like stuff like illness in regards to cancer and stuff, you know, a lot of those things feel like it's kind of outside of your hands and stuff. And there's one thing people hate to feel is, like, helpless in various situations. So I could really re- – I don't want to say, like, relate to him, relate to him, because it's, like, at the same time, we all got our uphill battles to deal with um, or we're kind of pushed to, like um, – push to the edge and everything of that nature um but if anybody else is listening and they're probably having situations um in which they're just they just feel like they can't move on it's always good to have a list of people um a list of people uh, loved ones whether it be friends family um make a list of them whatever you can uh, maybe put their contact information right next to their name so that maybe you can call them if you are considering um you know going to that route um i know like the suicide hotline you can definitely check in with them too so they can pretty much redirect your thoughts um also um i know even in my case i want to be like but i kind of got them on speed dial you know because it's just like at the same token, it's just like, you know, the, the thoughts may linger and the options do stand out. But, you know, there's always another option. There's always another thing to consider, um, regardless of what you might be uh, dealing with. And there's always another tomorrow, too. So it's just like, you know, another day to, like, uh, change your habits, uh, do something else, you know, stuff of that nature. As I spoke on a different episode uh, with uh, Taylor Huntley um, and stuff of that nature. Um, so it's just like I understand, like, I know we've been speaking a little bit about, like, mental health and uh, stuff of that nature. And it's like you don't have to go into deep detail about PTSD, but what is it like, you know, dealing with it like day to day in regards because sometimes I'd be feeling like I have PTSD to a certain degree and everything um I know like last time we spoke to it I know your triggers it, it kind of goes inside with like stuff that you hear like maybe like uh stuff of that nature like what is it really because you don't have to discuss it if you don't feel like if you feel like it's a little bit too personal sir um with me it's you know it's day to day so some days I have good days some days I have bad days um here lately I've been having a lot better days um but you just feel like you're in a pit uh, and you can't get out of it um it, it my I don't, I don't really know what triggers mine um it's just some days i wake up just you know blah and i know it's it's there so um i have to work on it that way uh, but definitely talk to people about it i mean get it out get it off your chest that's that's one of the best ways to do it don't don't feel ashamed that you have something. Um, you know, like I explained to you before, my, my wife's the same way. She has mental health issues. Um, she has to go talk to people just like I go talk to people. Now, she talks to doctors. I don't. I talk to just people. Um, but, you know, it's it's a serious thing. You, you want to be able to, to recognize that you have it. And that that's the biggest thing is recognizing it and ad- addressing it for that. Yeah, man, I can truly understand that for real, man. It's like, and it's crazy how things can switch up when you actually have a conversation with somebody and everything. I know it's like well, when I was having my issue before we even spoke, like I was kind of just stuck in my room most of the time. Sometimes I would even forget to go to class. I wasn't even doing a lot of my assignments. So, and that wasn't necessarily me because it's like even though I had my issues, I usually full fueled my attention on like my assignments to keep my mind off my problem. So I can be able to be like, okay, I accomplished this. Like I got my endorphins in. I got my dopamine in because you, like, you actually 
actually did something productive mm-hmm. and everything. So it's just like you didn't got to worry about it. But now I'm like I'm stuck in a place now where it's like I have to actually do like a lot, make up a whole lot of assignments now that I missed out. And then it's like I have to try and make time to like squeeze that in and try to like take time. I have a whole calendar. Like I'm like dedicated like how much hours I can spend like with community service or how much I can really spend uh, with doing like these one assignments or this one that I missed. You know, I'm really happy for my uh, – my teachers that are really willing to work with me and those are always uh very um important especially um that's why i really like being here at hbcu because i feel like a lot of my teachers have given me more leg room to actually work with them and to actually find a space because at the same time i still want to graduate you know and it's just like even if it's like i'm not gonna get all a's and b's like i usually do at least let me just pull out pull through i mean for this uh semester as best i can um and it's just like um so, like, you know, and speaking, because I know, like, it's crazy that you even speak that you have PTSD, because uh, even in the media, when it comes to police officers, they would usually, like, say, like, okay, it's because somebody has PTSD or because they're in the military for this many years. You know, that's what makes them go crazy to, like, you know, be trigger happy and do stuff like this. I know you stated earlier that it just comes to lack of training and everything. We're all individuals. We all are wired differently, regardless and everything. But it's like, um, when it comes to PTSD, do you feel like it kind of affects your work? day to day or is it just whatever i uh, know because i know when i get to work i have a job to do um and my job basically you know here on campus is to keep y'all safe uh, keep all the faculty and staff safe um and and to tear crime uh my ptsd is caused from law enforcement experiences and you know the way i look at it is it's a learning lesson i, I had this happen to me so i figure out how not to have that happen to me again um so i don't think it affects my work to a negative aspect i think it's more of a positive aspect um and then there's some days that you know i just i come in and i'm blah i'm just like zoned out um but like again i i recognize it and i speak to somebody about it and let them know why um like right now i got some issues going on at home and i i sat down with my sergeant and my lieutenant and we spoke about it and you know it's better so um yeah i mean i i don't you know you you're always going to have that one bad apple that's going to use the excuse of i have ptsd that's why i did something but you know if you recognize it and you move forward with it that's that's how you get treatment for it um and there, there are treatments for every mental dis- disorder that is out there. It's one of those things that um, it's just you, you have to be able to to recognize it and move forward and, and you know, get help. Like, like I was explaining, you set goals. Mm-hmm. Set those small goals it, it, and reach that goal and then say, well, now that I got here, I'm going to go to this one. Um, and that that's basically what I do, you know. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it in the slightest, man. Like, I know it's just, like, it's all really just a matter of just really taking the proper steps to reaching the treatment that you needed to. Like, I know, like, even before I um, started going back to counseling again, I, I took a hiatus off that since I was 21 because it's just, like, there was a sense of, I don't want to say embarrassment or whatever, but because I feel like the more I depended on just trying to, like, vent out to people, like, it's not really going to, like, fix my situation, um, whether if it's physiological or whatever. I don't know like what it is um but in regards like I'm still going to my counselor I'm really and I just uh sent him an email see if you can send um something to another counselor to really help that, that really specializes in the issues that I'm dealing with because like the thing is like with me it's like you know it's a whole lot of like I don't want to say like I'm just like a like a mixed bag of mental illnesses or whatever but it's like it's really just you know, like there's depression anxiety body dysmorphia and everything and just stuff of that nature and like some other stuff that comes with it and then it just comes down to really just it's really just a matter of just my uphill goal is like really learning to be like comfortable uh like 
being just being comfortable again you know just really just being the best version of myself because usually like i'm an extrovert usually um i like to laugh around and joke around with friends and everything and i you know it just you start looking back at life it's like when was the last time i was like just comfortable like i just like i just didn't care at the same time and it's just like you know where i just i didn't let things like just drag me down and stuff of that nature and it's just like you know i feel like that's another thing with ptsd also like with my sense of ptsd it's all like it's all stretched with moments in my past which is like you want to forget but it's like when they come popping in your mind and then it just comes to like this whole cycle of just looking at every moment and saying what moment leads to what moment and what did this or what you could have done. And it's just it's just a cycle of shame and guilt of just like, you know, maybe I should have never spoke to this person. Maybe I should have never talked to this person. Maybe I should have never have like, you know, crossed paths with this person or maybe I should have never wore this article of clothing this day. Or did this this day, or maybe if I didn't do this, you know, it's just it's just beating yourself up, and it's not in the sense of just like you're not really progressing, you know. And even like my counselor told me, like it's just like when you're in that rut, you got to be able to look in the mirror and just be like, hey man, it's just you're doing it again, you know. Just just cut it out, and redirect your thoughts again, and it's just like I don't know how many times it's like the whole day was just wasted because I'm just stuck in my head, so focused on what other people are doing. I was like, oh, are they talking about me? Or, oh, like, is this person connected with this person? Or, oh, this person's friends with this person, so they must be doing this. You know, this is too much, too much mental torture. And it's like, I'm not even in the same city as, like, a lot of these people anymore, you know? And it's just like, and all at the same time, I'm thinking about moving to D.C. And it's not even because of them. It's really just because of an opportunity I'm considering going to grad school, which I really need to apply to, like, soon <laughs> and everything. But it's just like, um, before all the seats start taking place and they don't give me any money but it's just it's just that you know like and my counselor even told me let's just like you know just just focus on the future and everything just it's okay to look back at the past every now and then but it's also better to just plan focus on the present and plan for the future so it's just it's just stuff i try to keep in mind also so it's like in um in in other topics um like in regards to like your life uh, growing up before like becoming a police officer and everything, what are some things that pretty much that you learned and everything that I feel like that helped serve you um, uh, in this stage of your life uh, right now? Um, honestly, I don't remember a whole lot from when I was younger. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a, a broken home, so uh, I was the typical American kid at the time in the early '90s late 90s and early 2000s grunge era yeah so i mean uh i, I didn't really have a home life it was more of I, I was basically out on the street raised on the street uh, me my brother and my sister we we didn't have parents to take care of us we raised ourselves so um that's that's all i can remember from it honestly um so you know when i when i deal with certain people i can relate more to them um, and I think that honestly helps me on the job being able to sit down and talk with somebody that grew up in the same area that I grew up in or the same style of area because um, I mean I'm gonna be honest I grew up in a, in a rough neighborhood uh, so you know I had to learn to think on my feet be able to think quickly and react quickly to certain things and I, I think it's helped me out with this career um, for the past what 14 years now um it's it's definitely helped me out to to be able to think on my feet so well yeah surely but also like relating to others too because if you come from areas of poverty or maybe of adversity and everything it's easier to relate to others or it's like somebody i'm not trying to say everybody like that who's maybe like rich or maybe they live in this high profile lifestyle have issues where they can't have compassion but it's like usually when it comes to people who had grew up in um, areas filled with adversity and conflict, it's not hard for us to see the perspective of others and everything because you've seen like so many other people that are very, very low 
in a sense. I kind of got to see both ends in a sense because uh, it's like you know, like because you know, same broken home situation. But it's like, um, in my case, it was mostly just like you know, we started off like pretty well and everything, like apartment complex, whatever, baby, whatever. But then we, my family, my folks were able to become homeowners also in the suburbs for a little bit. Well, something like the suburbs. It was like it was East Side Charlotte, so it was just like you know, you got a house, you know, you're you're pretty good. And then it was just like um, at the same time, you know, things happen and everything. The like the marriage seems to break apart. You see it all the time, you know, a lot of domestic violence and everything. I was that kid that always had to worry of like whether well, I was going to come home and had to be greeted with the police coming there and everything over domestic violence. It's, it's really not, it's not pretty and everything, you know, and then you always think it's normal. Like, okay, you have parents fighting. It's just, yeah, it is what it is, but it's really not. But at the same token, at the same time, it's like once you get to see that, uh, how things, um, uh, how things, how like how people shouldn't like interact with each other and everything. I feel like it's because I've seen like stuff like, oh, my parents like you know, uh, kind of like you know, being confrontational with each other. That I try to learn to be more logical when it comes to situations. Like you know, let's just have a conversation first. And if someone says something I don't like, I don't really respond to it as much. I just don't really care, you know. But I feel like that's one of my biggest issues too. Like it's just like, on one hand, like you're very logical. And your intellectual in regards to the situation, but on the other hand, it's just it's really hard to really set boundaries with like your peers sometimes because it's like I'm not going to argue with you. Like, well, why are we arguing for? Why am I being with the, like you're beefing with yourself? Or you, or you forget why you're arguing. Like, really, it's just like you know, it's just like, I just like I feel like I see myself as a man first before an animal. You know, it's just like just thrashing out of people, lashing out of others. It's just. It's just not the way to, like, carry yourself, especially when you reach a certain age because then it starts getting kind of legal at some point. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, the next, my next uh, obstacle in life is really learning how to defend myself, like, without having to hurt other people. At the same time, like, still using my mind to communicate. Like, it's just some things just aren't worth even, like, you know, addressing because it's just like, you know, what is that? But when it comes to your experiences through work, I know that like, you work on campus and stuff like that nature. Um, it's just what like what are some things that just happened on campus that just kind of like took your eye or where you feel like it's just like, oh, it's just whatever. You know, what are some things that happened that were just kind of like, oh, man, like I can't believe that happened or whatever. Um, honestly, uh, I mean, the campus is a city in its own. Uh, I've worked since 2008 with local municipalities, not local to here, but. You know, small agencies, uh, sheriff's offices. I worked at UNC hospitals. Um, you know, here, I mean, we're dynamic in the sense that we have over 9,000 people in a small, confined area at any given time. Um, in the summertime, there's a lot less. And then at winter break, you know, but, you know, we have just as much crime that the city of Durham has that we have to deal with um it's not as serious as the city of durham we have our you know petty larcenies um domestic issues uh we have uh, mental health issues that we have to deal with but not only that but we have to deal with what's on the outside of campus as well to try to keep it off of campus um you know we had the incident a couple weeks ago at the parking deck um it was very tragic but it's just it sheds light that you know it doesn't really matter where you're at it could it could happen at any time um it's just whether or not are we prepared to handle the situation like we did and i honestly we i believe we handled it very well um you know but that's a rarity you don't you don't see that a lot um our, our normal things you know of um uh, petty marijuana charges or just you know that that stuff we just deal with on a on a case by case scenario. Um, so you know, but we're we we do a good job. Um, we have good leadership, and I actually I think that's why we do a good a job as we do is the leadership that we have. Um, and, you know, here we we try to get out in the community more so than Durham might do, um, just to get to know everybody. Um, like I see you all around campus now. Before I met you, I I, I never saw you on campus. Um, it's just like once you once you meet people, all of a sudden you see them all the time now. Um, now, granted, we're what four blocks by four blocks inside of a square, but 
you know, there's there's still a lot of people here. So, you know, we, we deal with we deal with major crimes just and small crimes as well. So it, it's it's a unique dynamic for sure. And I know you've spoken about some type of incident that happened in the parking deck. I, like, I don't think I really know about this incident. Like, it wasn't what exactly happened. Um, I can't go into a lot of details, but we had a tragic incident during the Winston-Salem State game at the parking deck. Um, and, you know, we we all responded. Durham PD responded to handle the situation. And we, 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 we did what we had to do. We handled the situation as best as our abilities. Okay. All right, there's no problem, no problem with maintaining confidentiality and stuff of that nature. You wouldn't want to, like, you know, have to put anybody's identities out there, but it's just, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like somebody was getting stabbed or something like that over a corn dog or something like that, right? No. All right, cool. It was just, just, it was just some type of tragic incident. I'll probably just look it up and just, just on my own curiosity and stuff of that nature. Um, but I know it's like there could be other type of incidents that happen on campus as it is. You know, it is like as you say, like a large campus up to nine thousand people. Sometimes I be forgetting about it. I don't know. I guess because I just be in the yeah. same circles of people, so it's just like you know, it you feels like you a small don't really school. Think it's as big as it is, but you know, we're I want to say we're the second largest HBU in the state. Yeah, I think A and T's got us by maybe two or three thousand, but we were the second largest in the state. So, oh, okay. I didn't really know that. I guess it's just I don't know because I'd be like just in my room or at the men's achievement center. Like that's just only yeah. two play or maybe to lunch sometimes. Like that's like, I'd be seeing different people every day, but I don't know everybody. So it's just like I just you'll see it next week for homecoming definitely. Oh yeah, everything's about to be crazy. Hey, I really need to get my ticket once again. <laughs> Anybody want to donate? Uh, I'm gonna leave my cash out. Um, but anyway, um, but it's like, uh, yeah, man, it's just. Um, did you like choose to be at an HBC, or did you just kind of look up and just add a bunch of jobs, and then you just just settled here, or was it just like? I actually of- chose to come here. Um, I came here from UNC Healthcare. I came here back in 2018. I left for about a year. I worked at a private university, uh, Elon University. And, you know, one day I was like, I had enough of working there. I called back and talked to the chief, and I was like, hey, I'd like to be able to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it here. I, I love this area. Um, it's, it's just more of me. Uh, I just I, I didn't fit in very well at a private university. So, you know, it, it sounds weird, but. No, I, I, feel, I feel at home. I feel at home here more so than I did closer to home. Yeah, yeah, I know. As Elon University already sounds bougie as it is anyway, so I, I could really understand for a sense. I know when I came here on like a campus tour, it's like it always spoke to me. It's like I need to be at this school. I don't know what it is, but I need to be here. Because originally my friend had came here actually and he was just like i was thinking like maybe if i could just come to this school and, like maybe we just party and like do whatever and then like did the college life but then it just it seems like things just went a different turn because like he he actually got kicked out or whatever because he just he doesn't mess with it right now he does like um what does he do int well what what is it it he, he does something with technical service he makes a whole lot of bread but it's like you know it's just at the same time so i pretty much had to just start here like pretty much as me and everything um and then it's just like i thought i was just gonna be like a party student and i just like wasn't even gonna care about like you know like doing assignments like that like maybe i just get a c and just do like okay and everything and then it's just like i end up being like a like an honor roll student so it's just like somehow <laughs> i mean not so much this semester this semester's a little billy I, I gotta bring it in i gotta bring in the bread a whole lot different this semester but it's just like at the same time it's just like you know it's like but to realize that you're just more capable here i feel like that's one of the best things i realized going here at HBCU, it's just like I really got to rediscover myself in college, and I'm still trying to like seek out for grad school. Like I never thought I would even even consider going to grad school. Mm-hmm. I always thought grad school was like for like super super smart kids or whatever, but it's like consider is really like an option for me, and my mentors want me to go to. It really says like you know really everything just kind of comes full circle like over time. So it's just it's just stuff that I realize. Um, so like in regards to like um, other experiences that you had to deal with on work at work and everything. I know it's like you're more like a person that likes to just communicate with the people that he's working with and so on to give them a sense of clarity. Um, is there anybody just like on the sidewalk, maybe some insurgents on the, I don't want to say the term insurgents because they're going to think I'm talking about ISIS or something like, no. But so just people like on like that sidewalk that aren't even on campus. I know like at times, like, like for, I stay in Baines. So it's like, you know, like a lot of the time we'll be having like 
guys who don't even go to the school who are probably like living like a couple houses away just kind of break in and just go like chill in the girls like uh showers compartment which is like you know what are you trying to accomplish with that you know i swear they just would have got some new clothes and put on some cologne or whatever just like walked on campus just to talk they probably would have like gotten some numbers and i get a phone number ain't hard but it's just like you know just stuff of that nature just people just walking on campus who don't even go to the school and everything just doing all types of stuff how many times you had to deal with stuff of that nature uh about every day um you know i work straight night shift so um it, it's not hard to to recognize the people that don't belong here um our students interact with us the general public just walking through they're gonna ignore us or try to ignore us um but you know we we've we've dealt with a lot of inebriated people or intoxicated people um and it's a case by case basis on that one as well you know if they're if they're just walking on the sidewalk down Fayetteville Street or Lawson Street we're not going we're not going to necessarily mess with them uh we might check in to try to identify and make sure they don't have a warrant or they're not supposed to not be on campus already um, but if they're in the Greek Bowl area or something like that, you know, we're probably going to end up trespassing them. Or if they've already been trespassed, um, then we're going to end up taking them to jail or charge them for trespassing. Um, here lately, we've dealt with quite a few that were trespassed prior. Um, I, we've got one. I know him personally. Um, I, I've dealt with him since 2018. Uh, he's a good guy. He just... He, he's got some some issues um, and so you know with, with somebody like him I'm not going to charge him particularly just because in his mind he thinks he's okay um, but I try to you know last time I dealt with him I took him to the uh, resource center to, to get help so you know um, I'd say maybe every other day to Every couple of days we deal with people like that. Um, not necessarily in the dorms as much um, since we've revamped the security systems in order to get into the dorms, you, you basically have to be let in. So if we get catch them in the dorms, it's because somebody's let them in or they walked in right behind somebody. But you know now we have the security at night in every residential hall that we have. So they're supposed to be picking up on that as well to help us out. Cause I mean, we've got five people working, and we can't be everywhere at once. I mean, there's over 60 buildings on campus, so we got to be able to see them somehow. And now we got the camera systems up and running. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, man, I feel that. I feel that a whole lot. I know it must be tough being a police officer, man. I have to deal with all this, especially with like 9,000 people and everything. Um, I know. Do you do you know any like martial arts moves or anything like that? Are you like a martial artist, or it's just like you know Krav Maga or something like that? I do. Um, I studied Krav for about five years. I taught the basic levels for about two, so I know a little bit. Cool. Because I just spoke with somebody on Instagram who like pretty much is he's like a, what you call a martial artist too, and he said that Krav Maga is like one of the easiest like to learn like not the easiest to learn but just the fastest to pick up on in the first couple weeks and everything. Is that true? Uh, depends on who your uh, instructor is. Um, unfortunately, my instructor was one of the originals that trained with uh, the person that founded Krav in Israel, uh, but. It's it's effective. It, it can be easy. It's easier than you know jujitsu or anything like that. Um, but it it basically keeps the person safe. It, it helps you learn to stop the threat um, if you are being attacked by multiple attackers or even just by one. It teaches you to use any means necessary to stop the the danger. That is cool. So it's like for police officers, it's just like it's like mandatory for y'all to learn some kind of martial arts, or it's just um, something do. No, uh, we we get taught subject control and arrest techniques, which is basically, you know, how to have not have somebody take your firearm away, or how to properly handcuff somebody. Um, I don't know if that's taught in every state. I know North Carolina, it's mandatory. It's a forty-hour course during the academy and you have to do refreshers once a year for four hours or so um 
but I I do know probably about eighty percent of law enforcement officers do some sort of MMA training on the side. Um, I could be off with the numbers, but I know quite a few. That is so cool. I'm still trying to figure because that's on my bucket list. I know it's on my vision board, especially like I just I don't know why this is a picture. It's just somebody doing karate is like on my vision board, but it's just like, you know, cause I always want to learn some form of martial arts. Uh, I feel like, like, yeah, sure. I feel like I have a good height and everything. And I feel like there's some strength, like in my arms and legs and stuff of that nature and some kind of durability at the same token. I feel like I at the same time could be kind of clumsy with it. Like, it's like, you know, it's just like if somebody like really like came at me or whatever, like, I don't know how to like orderly, like take that person out. Like if it just like, you know, that like what if I trip and everything and then I have to take it on the ground and everything like that. So I've been thinking about things like you know karate and like you know stuff like uh, Krav Maga or maybe jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu because like it really teach you how to like take control of a situation while you're on the ground and everything. And it's just like how long did it take you like to learn Krav Maga? Like really like the first two maybe three weeks before you feel like you can just kind of defend yourself or was it just like uh just like was it really that quick? It was like a couple of days type thing. It was a while um, because, you know, when you go to a craft studio, it's a high-intensity, low-interval workout. You're you're going nonstop with short breaks. Um, so after the first day, I could hardly move. Um, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy. Uh, I have a long reach. So it was probably about two to three weeks, roughly, when I first started to feel more confident in it. Um, and then after a couple of years, you know, you, it just becomes routine. You you get that muscle memory. You remember it. Um, so when you go to use it, it's always going to be there. You're not going to forget it. Um, if you're interested in it, there's actually a Croft Studio by South Point, straight down Fayetteville. So if you go all the way down Fayetteville to South Point, it's going to be on the left-hand side over there by Ruth Chris. And there's a, there's a Mexican restaurant that it's right beside. So it's like walking right past the checkers and everything? Oh, way past checkers. So it's on the complete opposite end of Fayetteville Street. So it's about eight miles down the road. So if I want to treat myself with like a shake back and everything, just to make up for all the pain, it's just like definitely something to consider. (laughs) Just hop on the bus, the Durham Go bus, and they'll take you over there. They got a bus that goes out there. Yeah, I need to get another bus pass. Do you have like any? Anyone I can? Because one time I got a bus pass and they gave bus pass for free. I really need a bus pass right now because it's like I can't I really drive my car right now. If they still give them out on campus, I know when I first started they used to give everybody a bus pass if you wanted one. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I'm not 100 percent sure anymore. Yeah, I'm definitely need to go ask some questions, man, because I got to get mobile again for real. And it's just like, but it's like it, for like looking up the crowd. Is it really like a high? I don't want to say. How can I say it's just like a high-rated Krav Maga studio, or is it just like it's just a Krav? It's, no, it, it's it's a very good studio. Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's it's very highly rated. Uh, there's not very many in the state. I know Raleigh has one, Durham has one. Uh, there's one in Greensboro and High Point, and then Charlotte. Um, all of those are all they're all the same people basically. They all talk got taught by the same people. Um, unfortunately, the one I studied at, they closed due to COVID and they haven't been able to open back up, but, um, I I do plan on getting back into it eventually. I've got to get my kids involved in it somehow. So they're, they're wanting to get into it as well. So, and it's good for all ages. Oh no, seriously. That's like, dang, I really wasted the last couple of years I was here in college. I feel like I should have like taken that financial aid money. I should have gotten some karate lessons or something, man. Like it's expensive. It's not cheap. It's uh I wanna say it's about sixty dollars a month for a oh, membership. I thought about like a hundred fifty When you say uh, expensive, that's what I was gonna be for like. Me, I mean I'm frugal, so sixty dollars is pretty expensive for me for a bill, but you know that's that's just for for one different thing, we did had different levels. So, you know, I I, I did sparring, I did krav, I did ground fighting. So, you know, I had to pay a little bit extra, but it's it, it's a good thing to get involved in. It's a good thing to learn. Um, as a matter of fact, me and two other people in our department were going to rad training, which is um, I don't even remember what the acronym RAD stands for. I know it's like a rape and defense tactical course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be able to teach that on campus as well. Um, 
but yeah so you know it's it's one of those things it's always nice to have something and decide you know if you know a little bit to set, to help yourself you know how to defend yourself so Maybe I can consider like maybe saving up for money, some money for November. It's like I don't know if I'd have time because like you know, like I'm saying, I'm literally trying to. I'm so backed up with so much work, man. It's just like you know, it's just like I don't know if I have time. I'm trying to see if I can finish strong for this semester and everything. And I don't. I'm not trying to put excuses out there, but it's just like you know, it's definitely. How many times you have to go like uh, throughout the month and everything? Like maybe three times a week is all right, or is it just like you have to go every day, like an hour a day? Because I could probably do an hour a day and everything. Um. Well, they split the classes up. They're about an hour class, and they, they split it up in different levels. So, you know, you have level one, two, three, four, and five. Um, and I want to say they do it every other day for level one just so you get used to it. I was going five days a week. So when I would go, I was in there for two to, two to three hours at a time, but I was doing multiple different things at the same time. Okay, I need to really, really, really consider, especially for November, like, you know, because, like, maybe at least if, like, if I can just get something. I really, really, gosh, I keep thinking, like, man, what was I doing the past three years? Because, like, I could have been doing, like, multiple things, man. I'm still trying to see if I can get my community service hours up. I think I'm, like, I'm, like, 40, maybe 30 hours behind, but it's just, like, you know. But it, it is what it is, man. It's just like, do they have, like, belt systems with Krav Maga, or is it just, like, you just get better over time? Like, uh, There there are belt systems. Uh, the highest belt is obviously black belt. Um, a lot of the studios around here go by a color-coded system or a level system now. Um, but it's there, there are belts. If you go to a true Krav studio, there's belts. Um, the one I was at, we did different levels. So you had level one, level two, level three, and then ultimately level four. And level four was as high as we would go because level five, you were basically a master. Yeah, pretty right. much. Okay, I would say if I just want to just learn how to defend myself just against an average person, I, I don't level have to be one. a level one. Seriously? Just level one? Okay, so like, what, what's good for level two? What, to be like in tournaments? Uh, no, so Krav is not used as a. Uh, tournament fighting technique um, it, it's not recognized in the fighting aspect for tournaments but you know in order to level up you have to go through a, a two-hour test that is non-stop and it's basically testing your skill and on what you've learned throughout however many weeks you've done it um, and on top of that you have to pay to take the test it's like 100 bucks or 200 bucks to take the test and the the further up you go the longer the test is so you know you'll have an hour and a half two hours for level one two hours for level two going in uh from level three to level four it's like a three to three and a half hour test um, that's the way we did it it was very grueling and it was painful Dude, I'm not used to my 20s right, man, because I'm 23 now, and I'm just like, what? Like, gosh, I came to college at age 20. I really could have dedicated at least one year to martial arts. But anyway, it's just like, but it's not too late for me, though. Like, 23 ain't, like, nah. too, still pretty much, still fresh. Nah, because the, the lady I was taught by, she was in her 40s, and she... She was small, petite, small frame, but if she hits you, you'd remember she was there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, um, it didn't matter how big I was. she You would remember it. And I, she could throw you down just as quick as somebody that's six foot, 280 pounds. So. Oh, okay. Um, I'll keep yeah. that in mind not to mess with any old women. It's not really on my bucket list to do stuff like that, but it's just like, okay. But she started learning at 40, basically. Uh, no, she she started learning young. She used to live in California, and that's where she studied it. Um, and once she moved out here, she opened up her own studio. Okay, so starting at twenty three isn't bad either. Then. Nah, no, nah, she was probably in her twenties when she started. Okay, cool, definitely, because like you, then you actually had the money to actually finance the damn lessons, of yeah. course. But it's just like we have stuff of that nature. I'm gonna be uh, moving to like Washington D.C. Uh, the following year and everyone that that's what the plans had and everything so it's like if i wanted to get some lessons in before then maybe like for a month or whatever probably by the end of the month it's like well what i could I be like level two or it's like uh, I, I i would probably say no um yeah. just because there's a lot to learn to level up to level two 
Um, it's it's a possibility if you're a quick learner. Okay. All right, but it's like, uh, but how long would it take usually? I don't want to ask for like usual people, but it's like, but on average, how long would it take like to get past level one? Um, I think we normally made them take at least eight classes. Oh, okay. Um, so eight hours worth of training, um, and then you'd have to be able to pass the test. And level one is just the basics, you know, basic strikes, basic kicks, your stance, your movement in your stance, um, stuff like that, being able to move like you're supposed to. But, yeah, they – I would say about eight classes – um, so if you, if you took them fairly quickly and they offered the test, now our test, we did like once every other month. So, you know, it was always on a Saturday. So, you know, you, you, you might be able to, if you, if you could get everything down pat. Okay. So eight class, so eight classes can be done in a month though. Just, oh, okay. Cause I'm like, then eight hours. Okay. That's just, that's just a one hour a day for like eight days. Like, okay, that's not really too crazy, crazy, but it's like, yeah, especially if it comes to, like, defending yourself against the average person and yeah. everything, it should be should be all right pretty quick. Yeah. All right, cool. I could definitely look into that for sure. I could definitely look into that and everything. And it's like, there isn't a certain body type. I know, like, with Muay Thai, it's more like people that are just more, like, it's more focused on the legs and, like, you know, the core and everything. It's uh, Krav that's mostly, like, a, it's more like a striking type of thing, or is it just more like a core thing and leg things are all just balanced it, it's it's all of the above it, it actually combines multiple different martial arts into one um so a lot of the strikes are like muay thai strikes uh the ground fighting is the uh, jiu-jitsu style um so it's and then you have you mix in like arm bars and basically stuff like that so i mean you're, you're mixing a lot of different martial arts into one um to make uh, martial art that's designed to end the threat is how they'll tell you is it's to it's stop the threat and you don't stop until the threat stopped. That is amazing. It's like, it's like I think I spoke about Krav Maga on a different episode and everything and stuff of that nature. But it's, I think one of my friends said, can I, maybe you can hook me up maybe in December. Like maybe if I do start it off like here, then maybe and a lot of studios, studios. They'll, they'll offer like a free class for your like an intro. They'll let you go do an intro class for free. Oh, okay. It's like for it's a lower the, price. It's the one up the street. Does so it the actually same thing? moved. Um, I do believe they do it. Uh, let's see. You can probably exchange a lot of the information after this because uh, we're actually got 14 more minutes yeah. there. I don't want to have to waste all their time just talking about martial arts and Krav Maga. It's like talking to an officer, you're talking about Krav Maga for like 30 minutes. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, but if we go had to go into detail, because I know you said you've spoken to like, uh, I know you spoke to a couple famous people. You spoke to uh, J. Cole and everything. And like, pretty much, would you go into detail about like what you and J. Cole uh, pretty much spoke to? I know it's like this is a weird transition, right? You're talking about Krav Maga, now you're talking about J. Cole, the rapper. <laughs> but it's uh, just keeping in mind, it's just like, so it's like, I know like you spoke, he was like a very genuine person. This is like, uh, and for the birth of a shot, correct? It was. Uh, I met him the day that they, him and his wife came in to have their child when I was working at the hospital. Um, and honestly, for somebody that's so famous, he's, he's the most humble, down-to-earth person. Uh, Michael Vick was the same way when I met him. Um, but honestly, out of everybody, J. Cole just stands out in my mind as being the most humble person I've ever met. And you can see it if you you know, follow him. I mean, he's always out in the community. Uh, doesn't matter where he's at. He's out in the community, like in Fayetteville. He'll be out there just walking around the streets talking to people. Um, and, you know, you don't see that a lot for people that as big as he is. Um, and I spoke to a security guard that he has that lives on his farm that he owns. And, you know, he was like, I I've worked for Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen back in the day. And, this is the best gig I've ever had in my life. He's like, he just, he looks out for us. So, you know, he, he was nice. Um, his wife was, I mean, under certain circumstances, she was fairly polite. Um, you know, given childbirth, I, I wouldn't expect her to be calm and uh, rat, making rash decisions, but she, she was a very nice lady. Um, and then, you know, Michael Vick, when he was here a couple years ago, he was late due to weather conditions and, you know, he stayed longer just to make sure everybody got a chance to talk to him and meet him. So, you know, you have people like that. And then you got 
certain people that as soon as their time's up, they're out the door. Um, you know, Justina Valentine, a couple, what was it, a couple months ago when she was here, she was humble, nice. She stayed as long as she could. Um, and Trina, when she was here a couple of years ago, she did the same thing. Uh, I never really dealt with the concerts. I was always on patrol when the concerts happened, so I don't know how those artists handled it. But J. Cole was definitely by far in my 13 years of meeting people, other than, you know, Coach Krzyzewski or Coach Roy Williams. Um, he was the coolest person I've met in 13 years. Oh, cool. That's wonderful. Because like, it's like, you know, J. Cole is one of my main inspirations. As you know, I do music also. I don't know if you listen to my mixtape yet or whatever. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to it That's okay. You'll probably, I'll probably exchange information in regards to my mixtape soon. <laughs> you go trip out now. Um, definitely on my SoundCloud. But it's just like, yeah, it's like I always feel like, you know, J. Cole is like one of my main inspirations into doing this thing for sure. And it's originally like Tupac and Biggie, obviously, and everything of that nature. But it's just like, you know, I always feel like J. Cole never had to come across as somebody that was like trying to be a thug or whatever, trying to be like a super hustler. He was just like, uh, like, uh, just like everybody else, but trying to make it through this life just like everybody else. And he just found an artistic way to actually express himself. So it's like, you know, I always felt like, you know that was kind of like not like my test to life but in a sense but just learning to like express myself and to be authentic with myself um when it comes to applying like my arts into like a pen and paper and everything a lot of his audience are people who are college age students and people even in high school um that nature too and i feel like that would be like my audience also um you know like i speak a whole lot about like mental health in regards to my music and everything i only got like 12 songs out and everything at age 23 i'm trying to see if i can change that like at age 24 maybe if i could put out like 50 more songs if i could put out more projects i know i've shown you the cover of a lot of the projects i've been thinking about doing in the future and uh, stuff of that nature and it's like it's really cool that it's just like you know like you know you're a whole officer and like even have stories like even meeting j cole and everything it's like the people that just wish that they could be able to speak to j cole or like bump into j cole and j cole is just a regular person just like everybody else so it's just like you know um i know you have like a whole lot of music taste and the stuff like hip-hop right like what what, what is your like what are people that you usually listen to uh, from hip-hop if you had to explain um, I mean, I, I, I honestly listen to all musics. Um, you know, I'm partial to Eminem just because when I was growing up, he was the biggest thing since sliced bread. Um, I, I love Tupac. I'm not a big Biggie fan. I know a lot of people are. Um, but, you know, I, Jay-Z, I, I've, I've loved Jay-Z since, you know, back in the day. Um but you know, I, I also listen to to non hip hop music. You know, I listen to rock. Um, I just have a lot of music genres that I like, but it's only certain songs. I'm not a a big artist fan. If the if the song is good, I'll listen to the song. Um, doesn't really matter who's it who's it's by. Uh, you know, some of this new trap music I'm not a big fan of. Just I, I just can't. The beat's good, it's the music's terrible sometimes. Like they're not uh, putting any lyrics behind it, yeah, like nothing that you can get invested just into. Just out some, some words, um, not putting any time into thinking about what they're saying. But, you know, you got some good music out there that's trap music, too. Um, yes, I actually think about it because he's not into it. Like, I'm, not, I'm not a big trap music fan. You know, when I met the baby a couple years ago here when he came and performed for Pre-Dawn, you know, he he was a cool cat. I never knew who he was until that day. And then as soon as I met him, I was like, well, let me listen to some of his music. And I, I'm a fan. I mean, he, he talks crap about the police, but, hey, I, I, I like his music. I'm, I'm not going to hate on somebody just because they don't like the job that I do. Um, so I, I'm more of... The the song's got to be good. It's not just the artist. It's everything that's put into it. Mm-hmm. No, 
I believe that for sure and everything. And uh, when it even comes to like my music, I never want to like be able to like misuse the time or just have to use repetition and everything all the time and just focus on this uh, or that and everything. I know like from the first song to like the last song and everything it goes. I don't want to say like a roller coaster per se, but it's just like there's all many different types of emotions being touched upon within my uh, music projects. But it's I don't want to be just focused on just like oh yeah I get money or I had sex with this amount of woman. Or whatever. I just feel like a lot of that's kind of played out when everybody's talking about it. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just like, I'm sure like a lot of rappers do that too, like from Kanye West and even Jay Z. But it's like on the other side of it, it's just, it's other like messages that come with it. You know, like. He's lost his mind. I mean, his music's still good, but that last album was. You're feeling it? We spoke about it so many times on this podcast. It was all right. It was not bad, but he. Kim messed him up. <laughs> we don't know that for certain. I mean, he come on, his mom passed away. That's one thing. You yeah, know? I mean, it, he he has a lot going on, but I mean, you can tell when he first started after he had his accident, and you know, what was that college dropout? You know, he that was good, and then it, it progressed, and it kind of fell off, and then he came out with a Christian album. Great production. It was. It was good. I mean, my kids love some of the songs on there, but I was, I was shocked, um, especially when my preacher came up saying, "Hey, man, have you heard the new Kanye album?" <laughs> like, I would have been weak. I'm like, like I, I don't know if I want to have this conversation with you right now because you're my preacher. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Kanye. Okay. I like Kanye, but he's he's special. I mean, at least when, like, because I know, like, my uncle's, like, a deep preacher, too, and everything, and it's just, at least when I put Christian rap on, I could at least say, like, what about Kanye West, you know, it's just, like, you know. I don't I don't think that's going to constitute as Christian rap, but. I mean, he uh, did get an award for it. Like, he did. He I know, because it's, like, he's already Kanye West, he's supposedly going to, like, win an award, but it's, like, still, you know. Yeah, I mean, I still I still support Kanye. I, I, I'm not going to lie, I downloaded his album on uh, Amazon, so. I can't say that I have I don't like it, but you know it's just I, not what you would uh, like be no, used I to for Kanye. Go back to the old school Kanye a little bit. Yeah, well, that's the I thing. Mean, Nobody can go back, man. That's the thing. Everything is just like a step forward and everything. You'll never get like a dead president's Jay Z or you. I mean, you can still perform it if you wanted yeah. to, but it's just like in terms of like creativity, like a lot of these artists are at different stages of their lives and everything. I feel like Kanye West have been through a very dark space. So if like he wants to go with Christian rap, you know, it's it's all up to him and everything. You know, yes, sure that college dropout, late registration, and graduation trilogy, which is probably one of the best trilogies in rap for yeah. like a while, and then followed up with Eight Hundred Eight and Heartbreak, and then My Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy, and then uh, I think was it Jesus that came out, and then like Life of Pablo. It just I know it kind of started getting weirder. Yeah, it was just strange. Yeah, I know. It's just, it can be a little bit strange, but it's like, you know, it's just a reflective of where his mind space is at at that moment and stuff of that nature. It's just like, you know, even with like, uh, even like J. Cole and everything with like 2014 Forest Hills Drive and like everybody has that, you know, they talk about, well, even with Kendrick also, you got their mixtape versions, then you got their album versions and everything. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a matter of where, where they stand at in life. Who, who, where you're feeling at creatively at like one stage in life won't be the same as like, you know, where you stand at another stage in life and so on and so forth. I had a project I was considering called Whatever, and it was going to be mostly just, um, which I still have plans to drop eventually one day, but it's like, I don't feel like my heart will be into it like as it was when I was at 18, when I was actually feeling those emotions and stuff mm-hmm. of that nature. So it's just like, I can still like revisit it if I wanted to. Maybe look back at a poem I wrote like and during that time span to kind of get the creative juices coming back again. But it's just like, yeah, you know, I wish he can go back to the old Kanye too. But it's just like at the same token, I feel like it wouldn't make any of that his old project special. You got to keep that in mind. You got to keep them the way they were. Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, he's just, I don't know. He, his fashion taste is kind of off with them slides that he came out with. And I don't know. I mean, if you, me and Kanye are going to have to have a talk or something one day. <laughs> Maybe you can come to campus one yeah. day. Maybe can perform for pre-dawn. I don't know. So I feel like once you reach that level, the whole coming to campus and performing for pre-dawn thing is just, it's kind of, I don't think it's in his. Nah, he's not going to do it. I think he's done performing altogether. You really think so? I think he is. 
I, I feel like a lot of artists are reaching the ends of their ropes. I know, especially like Kanye West might be one of them for sure. Um, Cause he's already making a whole lot of money doing other things, you know. So it's just like he could still make music to a certain degree, but I feel like he kind of fell out with like even with good music. Like I, I wish he was still doing good music. Uh, yeah, not good music and like like good music. I mean, like his label could be with Pusha T and like Big Sean and everything in common. I wish they were probably still doing things together, but they haven't done anything together in so long. So it's just like it is what it is. Um, but it's just like uh, yeah, man. It's just it's just the stage of life in which they're just at um i know like for instance jay-z's pretty much done like done i know i like his producing now he's he's done with his tours but he's i mean he's getting old too so yeah i mean he's pretty much a businessman i feel like he's more of a businessman than a musician at this stage of his life although he does make music i think he made an album like beyonce not too long ago um but it's just like you know that after four i think he i think he'll still you know He'll be on other people's songs, yeah. um, but I don't think he's going to do his own anymore. Yeah. Jay-Z features is going to be worth a whole lot. I know it's going to be, yeah. you got to pay him a lot too, but it's just like, you know, yeah, but it's just, yeah, Jay-Z, like, feature and everything. I feel like that really solidifies a lot of uh, artists and everything. They can get Jay-Z on their album or their mixtape or whatever and uh, stuff of that nature. I know it's like the reason why I bring up Jay Z again because I know you you really like Jay Z. You know how do you feel about his four 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 album? I feel like everybody has their own like you know. I don't think I've heard that one. Four 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 seriously? Yeah. That's oh, one of his, I like that album. That's one of his. That's one of like my favorite Jay Z albums. I don't that, know if I've ever heard it. Like it's it's the four four four. Just look up like four 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 and everything. It, it's his thirteenth studio album and everything. I was thinking like maybe it's like since like you were a huge Jay Z fan back in like the '90s, early 2000s, uh, which I know you, I think he dominated the 2000s a little bit more than the '90s, but um, yeah, just look up four four four. It's really really good because it's like it's you don't see it. You put four four four. Nah, I just did his old albums. No, you gotta put four 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 if you if you want to find the album I'm talking about, like four four four. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, this one, yeah. It's definitely worth, like, the listen for sure and everything. I mean, sure, it sounds a little bit different from his older stuff, but it's just, like, I feel like it's pretty much solidifying himself. Not solidifying himself because it's Jay-Z. Like, but it's just, like, well, I feel like at this stage of his life, you know, like, him cheating basically on Beyonce, which is, like, how you cheat on Beyonce of all people and everything. You know, everybody's different. It happens. Yeah, it happens. Some days you just wake up and just cheat on Beyonce. It's just... It's just one of those things, man. But it's just like just stuff like that, just addressing things like that, and just talk about fatherhood and just life and that general. It just really reflects that, like at the same time, a lot of these people aren't the same as like they used to be, and they're just really trying to have fall in sync with like really just you know um, where they're at at that stage in life. And I feel like that's I feel like it was a necessary album for me at the time because like I was transitioning from leaving high school and really just. Coming had to like deal with a whole lot of responsibilities at the same time. I had just gotten my driver's license at the time. I was still trying to drive back and pick up my brother from like football practice and drop him off there. So it was like, you know, it's just one from like me. Like, I think back to the times when I was a kid and like just being like, I was a class clown trying to be a class clown, trying to be popular. And now it's like, I have to like go to work, try to see if I can get my license. Yeah, like adulting, it, it became mad ghetto. Like, it really did. Too many, too much responsibilities. It just. We really want to be a kid again, but it's just like it's just part of aspect of life, you know. You know, you go to different stages, you know. Your friends start starting families, you know. Um, you're at a stage. I'm at a point now where it's just like um, I'm trying to think of if I want to stay in North Carolina or if I want to go live in Washington D.C. Which is like I'm choosing D.C. for certain. Really, just getting that stuff all together and just handling all sorts of matters in between. You know, like now I'm about to graduate, which means it's like I have to make a list of people coming to my graduation and stuff of that nature and you realize that you really fell out with a whole lot of folks like from your past and stuff like that um i feel like this stage of my life is really just it's really just a matter of just you know just let the past go oh snap what's that oh okay yeah no y'all y'all be yeah it's just youtube (laughs) disrupt (laughs) but it's like uh yeah but definitely listen to 444 and everything because i know you are a jay-z fan and stuff of that nature it is something like to really consider 
um it's a really really put together project um i know we're reaching past the hour mark and everything uh if you have any advice for P- other students on campus um just in life in general or just in in regards to like homecoming up or uh coming up and everything yeah by the way what is your crazy homecoming stories i know you, I know you got a couple crazy homecoming stories. I, I don't really have any crazy ones um you know we we haven't really had any issues. We have a couple fights every year during homecoming, but nothing really crazy, crazy. They ain't um, no no Croft McGaw. That's why they so when they cut I, I didn't have to fight him. I just came and scooped him up when it was done. Um, I'm not going to fight people, and especially when it's a large crowd. But, you know, just my advice for you is, you know, have fun. Uh, it's college. You're here to have fun. We're not here to impede that. We're just to make sure you do it safely and legally. Um, you know, it's it's homecoming. Everybody wants homecoming. We we hadn't had homecoming in two years, so we're it's all. It's really been of, two years already. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, because like the last time I had homecoming, I was inside because I I didn't get my ticket one. I was really depressed, so it's just like yeah, man. So, so I said like, I really want to get my ticket this one because I don't want to like leave this campus with just like okay I didn't go to homecoming. You know, since everybody's excited. We're excited. Um, luckily that's my long week, so I'll be working for most of the week anyway. Um, but, you know, have fun, get out there and experience it. Don't, don't just, you know, be afraid to experience it just because of the time that we're in right now is get out there and have fun. We're here to make sure you have fun. If you have any questions, you know, you can come talk to us. Our chief is out normally every day riding on his golf cart. I'm getting out with the students. So he's the one on the golf carts. Oh, okay. I'll be sure to shout out and say what's up. Yeah, that's that's Chief Williams. He's he'd love to meet everybody. So you know, just be safe and have fun. All right, cool, wonderful. Uh, and might you have any advice and just life advice in general, and just for the students on campus and stuff of that nature? I take life every day. You know, it, you're young. Um, enjoy life. Make sure you enjoy life. Don't don't sit there and think, well, you know, I'm not going to do this because I can just wait to do it. Go ahead and do it now. Um, do it while you're young. That way, you know, um, you're you're not sitting there at 40 years old when you're working your job, saying, "Man, I wish I'd have got off my ass and done that back when I was 20." Um, but enjoy life uh, and be safe about it. Don't don't get careless with it, but have fun. Yes, definitely have fun for sure. All right, thank you, Officer McPherson. You know, if you got any final thoughts, any final words, you know, it's a good time. Uh, I'm good. Yes, he's definitely good. You know, thank you. It was a very intuitive and very uh, insightful interview right here. I really thank you for really hopping on and everything. I'd be trying to get so many people on really get to get close to, to 50 episodes. So this would be like the 38th episode and everything. I try to be as consistent with this thing as possible so that maybe I can switch over and upload it to Spotify. Um, I feel like you've really shown another side to like, you know, police officers. That I feel like a lot of people really aren't used to, you know, I feel like in the media and in, in regards to be like, oh, yeah, police officers. They want to spoil the fun. They want to hit me with a nightstick. They want to just pull the shiver towards me. And it's really not the case. It's, you know, we're all human. <laughs> we're all definitely human. <laughs> Guys laughing in the background. Um, but, yeah, we're all human beings. We all have our fears. We all have our insecurities and everything. But at the same time, we all got families to come home to. We all got, you know, people that care about us at the same time. You know, it's just not one person. It's all just a web of people that we're all connected to. You know, that's the fabric of life. And stuff of that nature so it's just like you know when approaching anybody that's different or maybe a police officer firefighter or whatever just keep in mind that they have their lives too they got their own um backstories and everything of that nature you know if you are curious about getting other people's perspective always open with a conversation and always be open-minded to other people's uh, sense of perception too never be ignorant always listen and listen more and ask questions more too um and then maybe you can get uh find a sense of a common ground in regards to everything you know whether if it's someone you disagree with or someone you agree with whatever just give them a sense to explain themselves and then you know bring us a step closer to a world in which you know we can all like just what what kind of world am i speaking on yeah like a good world World peace world. Peaceful world. I don't know. This episode 38. That's it. Sew it up. Mental Threads Podcast. We're sewing out.